Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Lewis. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. It's Wednesday. That means J.C. Cole is saddled up and ready to ride. I happen to be in Montana looking at a train, falling in a bridge. J.C. Cole, what's going on in New Jersey? Well, you know, I was, uh, you know, trying to disclose the location, but we keep on having Zoom collapse. And so it's hard to get up there and tell everybody where we are. Anyway. (laughs) When technology fails. I just heard that recently. Yes, when technology fails. And, you know, it's, um, I don't know, Trent, uh, had you noticed anything important happening this week? No. Anything? No, no, I just, just hanging out in the Yellowstone River trying to, catch a trout that's Ooh, not a that true be, that's not a true story be. i've never been trout fishing in my life i just know that that's what you do when you go to yellowstone river yeah that's uh that that that'll be a real tasty uh trout <laughs> <laughs> you think i should get it upstream from uh, uh I, I, say? I, think, I think you should get it at the store <laughs> Right, so so why don't you tell what happened in uh, in the, uh, the Yellowstone River? There was a, a Saturday morning, a train with fifty two cars. Seventeen of them were involved in a bridge collapse. It's pretty spectacular when you're driving down Interstate ninety from Columbus towards Livingston, headed west. You see this uh, magnificent sight of a bridge completely collapsed in the middle, and seventeen cars were affected. The EPA, I I tried to get to the site. They would not let me. Uh, I had to contact a um, young lady at the EPA who was very delightful. She actually called me back, which, J.C., I was betting that she wouldn't have. And uh, she sent me the information I needed. There's a public meeting tonight about what took place. But in the 17 cars, there was ammonium hydrosulfide. There was uh, molten sulfur which I believe is used in the oil refinery business. And this train was headed through Billings anyway. And there are oil refineries in Billings. So it makes sense that that was going there. And there was an asphalt liquid petroleum. And those seem to be the three components that were on these 17 cars that are a big question. And they are saying that the molten sulfur and that the, uh, what was the middle one? Asphalt liquid petroleum are absolutely leaching into the river. Well, it wouldn't be leaching. It'd be a direct leak into the river. Yeah, not good. You know, also, I don't know if you picked up that uh, there was an overturned tanker truck in uh, Maryland carrying ammonium nitrate. Um, no, and, no. Uh, yep. Um, so, I, I think we're well past um, statistical probabilities that uh, this, these are accidents um, because we're getting them weekly um, along with everything else we're getting. I mean, we're just getting pounded on uh, all kinds of things that threaten our uh, our quality of life. You know, one thing I bet for sure is that uh, people see trains all the time. They didn't really think about how much that train railroad infrastructure is involved in their daily life but 
you're about to find out. You can't have all these train derailments and not have some issue that's going to affect you directly. Yeah, that that is true. We move a huge amount of freight by train. Um, so you know things are things are changing. All right. So along with that, um, uh, remember we have talked uh, a few times about uh, the change of weather and and that hail will start to. Uh, start to be a factor and nearly a hundred people were injured in a hailstorm in Colorado at a concert. I know two uh, of them that were there. Yeah. I guess God didn't like that type of music. <laughs> so, <laughs> JC, this, these friends of mine sent me pictures. There was between six to eight inches of hail on the ground at Red Rock theater. <clears throat> yeah. And so, these weather changes, as best as I can tell, are going to increase. And so, you, you know, especially for the farmers, and you've you got to be able to have protect your uh, livestock somehow. The only thing I can think of is walking sheds. Um, in this country yeah. I'm in, it's not going to happen. They're going to be protected by trees and natural elements. That's the only protection they're going to get. Right. By the way, Germany also got hit heavily with a hail storm and flooding. Um, so it, it's uh, it's worldwide. Well, that's what they've been telling us that we're creating climate change. See, now we're paying the price. <laughs> yes, I don't know if you picked up <laughs> recently when the insanity of New York City mayor, but uh, <laughs> they're now blaming pizza <laughs> for for. Um, uh, uh, pollution and uh, pizza, pizza. Yes, mm. pizza ovens that are working on wood. There, there, there might be maybe a hundred in all of New York City of eight million people, and that mm. the, the mayor is now saying that they can't have this. This is this is creating bad um, air. <laughs> it's like this is uh, actually this is a good thing. Banning pizza ovens, banning wood stoves, banning chainsaws. It's going to wake people up quicker. And they're going to finally say, what is going on? Because this slow drip that we've been on for too long, uh, it yeah, needed sure. to be over. So now let's just get this thing going. But it's What's the, the party start? It's the boiling of the frog. All right. So, so yeah, a, you know. I know the radio. Oh, yeah, it doesn't show up on there. Never mind. I got some Maybe. magnificent clouds. Well, uh, yeah. While we're there, let's, let's just call the the all up. The Minnesota Prepper uh, Expo is uh, June thirtieth. Um, you know, uh, and uh, coming up for those that can get there. I'm not Where, sure. Where's that at, JC? What town? That is in Little Falls, Minnesota. Oh. And uh, I I would go, but it's just um, about two thousand miles away. All right. And I figure I'll I'll just check it out on on um, maybe um uh the internet. But yeah, it's uh Hawthorne Road. Hey, time out. There's something very wrong about attending a prepper conference for survival via the internet. <laughs> I mean that, that that's just wrong. Right, right. It's kinda of like an oxymoron. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm learning how to survive on the internet. <laughs> oh man uh you can't make this stuff up but uh yeah so so uh you know it's just 
the whole world is going insane and 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 anywhere from you know this guy michael yan who's an investigative reporter and ex uh, i think green beret He's showing the U.S. government is funding the invasion camps in Central America. And all you have to do is do a duck, duck, go, and you get some good interviews from from this guy or go to Mike Adams and, and see. You know, this is on film. The U.N. and the U.S. government are funding the invasion of our of our southern border. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's yeah, why they um, That's why they show up in droves. They don't just show up a couple at a time. I just remind people the day before I went to Eagle Pass, 1,600 individuals showed up from Venezuela. My goodness. My goodness. This is, this is just this is like in formation. JC, they, they didn't just 1,600 stream up. They showed up in formation like they'd been through military camp or something. Yeah. Um, and, and apparently Michael Yan is saying the UN is providing them with rape kits, or at least it's the, maybe it's the Red Cross, you know, because the, the children and the women are getting raped on, on this, um, on their voyage here. I mean, this is horrendous. This is, this is just not human. Um, no. so, yeah. So meanwhile, that I have been, uh, given the responsibility as the timekeeper, we're coming up to 30 seconds. Um, Just checking on your technology abilities to see if you really can keep up with technology. J.C. Cole, <laughs> Trent Luce, <laughs> we'll be back with more Rural Route. Second segment after this. Well, I got big news yesterday, memory fireworks. Now, you can't buy fireworks over the Internet or anything. I just want to let you know that there are companies that still put their money where their mouth is. Memory Fireworks announced that they are going to donate proceeds and create a firework in honor of the Wall of Honor. I think this is something that we should pursue with all businesses. How can we say thank you and show our respect, show our honor, and show our appreciation for the men and women who have been there for so many years? We're talking about nearly 250 years. So let's talk to businesses. Let's find out how we can all be creative. And there are several. I mean, there are plenty of veterans organizations that do great work. I happen to be particularly fond of the Wall of Honor and think that it does a fantastic job. So as a business owner, let's think about how we can just carve out a little bit of our proceeds and assist one of these local community groups. The Wall of Honor focuses on the veterans, the active duty, and the first responders. Don't forget the first responders. Thewallofhonor.org for full details. See how hey. well he does. Hey, seven years of university and two degrees. I think I can do it. <laughs> but but actually, I wrestled most of my life. And so, you know, the wrestlers are always watching the clock and have it down to the seconds um, on, on what's happening. Anyway. Anything just, about wrestling. Yeah. I never understood the wrestling craze that takes over this part of the country. Oh, some of the best in the world and uh, in the nation come out of Iowa and University of Iowa and Dan Gable territory. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't get it, but I don't have to. Nope. Uh, so might need, might need to boys. wrestle somebody for your food here pretty quick, though. Yes, that's true. It's those good old farm boys throwing uh, throwing those hay bales, making, you know, biceps yeah. and triceps. Exactly. Right? 
Right. So, uh, so Trent, uh, had, had, had you noticed that we had some uh, difficulties in Eastern Europe and Russia this week? Um, uh, the fake coup? Well, let's just put it the, um, uh, how would you say, the coup, the, the, how would you even call it, the, the show? So, <laughs> oh, then the, the, the come to the theater, you don't have to come to the theater to get the show part. Yeah, I got uh, that. Yeah. And so, so let's just, you know, people will believe that, and, um, that a guy with, uh, only 24,000 troops could uh, take over Russia simply don't know Russian history. And the other thing is certainly don't know Russians that they turned on their own mother country is, is probably the worst thing that they could do as a soul. So what was going on? And, you know, if you look behind the scenes, a couple of things happened that aren't being reported. And one was that uh, Putin was able to put in martial, uh, martial law. I think he, he, I'm not sure if they still have it, but he was in, implementing it, um, which you would need if you're going to go to war with uh, NATO. And, and two was... Um, you know, that he woke up a good amount of the uh, the Russians. You know, they have their woke population also um, um, that uh, this is quite serious. But look at the look at what ended up happening is that the Wagner group was sent to Belarusia. And Lukashenko, who is the president of Belarusia, um, um, offered them a. Um, a deserted uh, military base. So um, I think there are about maybe 8,000 now in Belarusia. Belarusia is roughly the size of West Virginia. Um, and, uh, and uh, of course, Lukashenko and Belarusia just got tactical nuclear weapons from the Russians, right? And Belarusia stands for the white Russians. It has nothing to do with them being white. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> And so what is happening this week in Lithuania is that NATO is hosting its summit in Vilnius, which is the capital of Lithuania, which I think is only an hour from the capital of Belarus, um, uh, Minsk. And, uh, and that's uh, July the 11th and 12th. And there's rumors that Victoria Nuland came out, who was this... Um, in my opinion, psychopath running uh, uh, the State Department um, under Secretary of State for European Affairs and, and uh, saying that World War II, I mean, World War III will begin July 11. Well, that's when the NATO conference is. So, so I, my summer house, my dacha, was only an hour from Lithuania. So I know this territory fairly well. Um, so you've got you had like two countries, let's say Virginia and West Virginia, and uh, one is uh, the the NATO conference, all the top people in NATO sitting there, and the other one is uh, let's call it the the, the Russians with nuclear armed uh, uh, tactical weapons and 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 a movable army. Um, what 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 could possibly go wrong? You know, Do you think that we should go there and cover it? I think we'll use technology for this time. <laughs> and, and even more so is that uh, you get the Germans 
now are putting 4,000 troops into Lithuania. So, you know, I, I, I mean, this is just a disaster, right? And then you get Zelensky, this um, this fake Jew in charge of uh, Lithuania, I mean, um, Ukraine, right? Comes out and says um, that Ukraine is all, all that protects Europe from a Russian invasion. And the Russians, of course, have shown nothing about invading Europe. Actually, who would want Europe? Uh, you know, it's yeah, a it's true story. A, it's a, it's an old dying system, and and uh, um, full of wake morons, right? And um, and innocent people who just want to get on with their lives, right? And Russia has all it needs. It has uh, it has food. It has energy. As territory, it doesn't need Europe, right? And so they're lying to us. And then you get NATO that just made a change and the status uh, uh, to combat. In other words, NATO was be a police, um, an air police over the Baltic states, which would be Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, not the Balkans, right? Um, and that uh, they just changed their mandate to a combat mandate. So you've got clearly NATO provoking Russia into World War III. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, what, what's wrong with these people that they're trying, provoking the largest nuclear power on Earth? Yeah, so. Statement that you made is that most of these people just want to go about their day and be left alone. That, that's 7.9 billion people on the planet. There's like a hundred thousand that want to see conflict and destroy mankind. And that's who we're dealing with. That, that, that part's true. And now, now if you listen to Kyle Turner, which I recommend um, people do uh, check in on his stuff, his, um, his inside sources in Russia have gone dark. Well, that's, that's a, a, a pretty strong statement because that's exactly what happens when you're getting ready to, get into a fight and the largest submarine with the poseidon nuclear torpedo which we've talked about um has left um uh, the port uh in the arctic port so the russians are getting ready for a nuclear exchange Mm -hmm. right and uh, i would not want to be in either london or new york um, because the, in my opinion, the enemies of the Russians are the Rothschild banking family and the Rockefeller banking family. So I'm in Montana. Where are you located? I'm in an undisclosed location in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling somewhat distance from London and New York. Well, I'm not so far away from New York. Yeah, I know. That's my point. Uh, I did have a friend who sent me a picture and I can send it to you. I should have sent it to you on the, the subway, which I believe in London, they call the tube. And this is a person from the United States, from Nebraska, actually, that was in London on the tube and took a picture of a poster that was promoting Karl Marx. It said, communism, are you ready? Time to unite in a picture of Karl Marx right big with a, do your little scan thing to get more information. So they don't even try to hide it anymore. It is coming. 
Yeah. And, and I believe that communism is, um, it destroys the human soul. You know, I got to experience that. We got one minute to go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the only thing I can say to people is prepare, you know? Um, yeah. But I mean, that is the answer. You're not supposed to get down in the mouth. You're not supposed to uh, be suicidal. It's just, it's a time to prepare. And the thing of it is, JC, everything that you do to prepare for this situation, you shouldn't be doing anyway. You should know. I'm going to tell you the basic things and we're going to go to a break. Every one of my girls, all three of them, I taught them were the North Star Wars the minute they knew how to identify the planet. Because if you don't know where the North Star's at, you're subject to being lost. And people say, Trent, you're not. So you can just listen to the phone. Every one of my girls can tell you North, East, South, and West. And that's where it starts. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more J.C. Cole, second half of Roll Route in Survival Mode. And what about that submarine that blew up? There's something going on there. I haven't figured out yet. More after this. Let's talk about Tender Beef. Certified Piedmontese creates the opportunity for Great Plains cattlemen, but also the consumer. And this is what we really want to focus on. We're at the time when we need to know where our beef is coming from. We need to know that Great Plains cattlemen are taking care of the resource in our region and producing us a extremely tender. Why is it tender? How do I know it's tender? It's because we have the genetics. The Piedmontese genetics makes tender beef. That's what they do. The myostatin gene is responsible for tenderness. It's actually responsible for muscle growth. And the more muscle growth you have, the more fine the fibers are of the muscles themselves. That's why we say always tender. Get more details about beef and all of the other protein substances that are available on the website. CertifiedPiedmontese.com. And it is a true story. You can have it delivered directly to your door, not even leave. CertifiedPiedmontese.com. Welcome back. Trent Lewis alongside J.C. Cole joining us. From New Jersey, undisclosed location. I am in Montana, Prey, Montana. I don't know where you want to be, Prey, Prey, Montana. Yeah, gorgeous territory. So, yeah. what do you know about that uh, submarine that had five very interesting folks on it? Well, I think we're going to find out little by little more of the story. But you got to you got to wonder. It was a, a mini sub called the Titan going down to investigate the Titanic. But those who are kind of on the conspiracy side know that the Titanic was swapped for the Olympic, um, uh, its sister ship, and um, which had had an accident on its first voyage and was uninsurable. So it was a bit of an insurance play. And also that it wiped out um, some of the most important Americans uh, that were against the Federal Reserve. And tit- the Titanic Olympic sank in uh, 1912, um, uh, and the Federal Reserve came in in 1913 by the very guy who uh, requested the meeting on the on the boat in the first place, uh, J.P. Morgan, old J.P. Morgan himself. So, so this is a this is a conspiracy that's ran. You know, over a hundred years of uh, uh, a bloodline capturing the world reserve currency, and now that's part of what's breaking and and part of what's being shown. And the apocalypse, translated in from Greek, means the unveiling. So we're seeing the unveiling. 
Now, really strange in that um, one of the, the, the three most important people on the Titanic that sank were um, uh, John Astor IV. Uh, he was the wealthiest New York and uh, one of the wealthiest New Yorkers, if not the wealthiest. Um, um, Isidore Strauss, who owned uh, um, Macy's and um, and uh, Guggenheim. And uh, they, they were all against the Federal Reserve. They all died on the Titanic. The Titanic did not have enough lifeboats, um, which is what we keep on t- telling people, create your own sustainable lifeboat. But very interestingly enough, the captain of this little submarine, um, the CEO, was married to the great-great-granddaughter of Strauss. So this story is continuing, right? And then, of course, the the billionaire and his son who died apparently had figured out a way to get energy to a good amount of the people in India um, inexpensively so that India could develop. Or once again, we see somebody, a pioneer in in, uh, low-cost energy being taken out. I'm sure it's all coincidence. I do need to state that uh, on this program Monday with Hank Vogler, I stated that um, Daywood, Shahzada Daywood is the billionaire from Pakistan you were alluding to. I said that he was the owner of the ammonium nitrate that six weeks ago went missing on the train from Cheyenne to California because people were reporting that. After the program, and I said that I dug deeper. Uh, Daywood was part uh, owner owns a company that is definitely involved in ammonium nitrate and agricultural fertilizers, but in no way, shape, or form can there be a tie that I can find upon further digging that uh, that that ammonium nitrate had anything to do with Daywood. So I just needed to correct what I said Monday that could not be substantiated. Well, let's just leave it at an awful lot of suspicion. Um, it, it is very suspicious in every way, shape, or form, including right. uh, if if I was taken, if I was going on that trip, I would not persuade one of my daughters to go with me. I, there's no way I would do that. Right, right. Um, I figure the yeah. best case scenario is those people were in a re- relocation program. Maybe right. It's um I think one day we'll find out, but we've got to get to that day. <laughs> so by the way, I just wanna chip in anybody who wants the beginning important preparations document I prepared, you can send me an email at ahfarmsinfo at gmail dot com or find it on the website www.ahfarms.org. And I may have a, a new website by the next time we uh, we speak. Yeah. I, I will tell you this, JC, and you have had a struggle trying to get people to just to pay attention for how long. But, um, 23 years of me trying to get people's attention on the importance of agriculture. It's a lot easier today than it was <laughs> five years ago or even four years ago. People are starting to want to know more about where their food comes from. And so that's the positive yeah. side. 
that that is good, and and also this is an excellent lead into one of our favorite things. Uh, what happened this week in history of significance? Okay, um, so the first one shows um, that uh, sometimes the human uh, the human spirit uh, takes a long time to wake up. June twenty third, eighteen sixty eight, the American newspaper editor uh, Christopher. Scholes granted a patent for a typewriter using the QWERTA keyboard, right? That stands for the first uh, um, six letters of the keyboard, Q-U-E-R-T-Y, okay? Now, why is that interesting? Well, well, the problem was, and any of us who really are old enough to remember, if you typed too fast, the arms of letters would get jammed up, if you remember. I remember. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping you'd... you'd, Yeah. uh, I started on that typewriter. Yeah, yeah, right. Got it. So so what happens was they designed it, the Quarta, to be the slowest possible combination on a keyboard so it wouldn't jam the machine. So, So what's that saying is, we still use the QWERTA, but our technology is so advanced, and we're using the most antiquated keyboard possible to typing fast for the last hundred years or more. <laughs> That's like, this, this, this is part of humanity. Wake up. But is it really a big deal if you don't know that you could possibly be typing faster? Well, I think that's a that's what is it, is, it, is it a really is it a really big deal that you don't know that you could be eating healthier. <laughs> yes, yes, that will have a direct impact on your overall life. Typing faster, yes, yes. I'm not sure it will. Right. Okay. And now one of the ones that we bring up every year, June the 25th, 1876. What happened in the Monta- uh, Mont- Montana Territory? Well, as it turns out, I spent about one hour on that hill yesterday, so I can tell you about everything you need to know on the last day George Armstrong Custer lived. No, that's not true. I'm incorrectly stated that. I can tell you everything that I'm supposed to. I can tell you everything that I'm told I'm supposed to know. I can't tell you everything that happened. Right, exactly. Right, so it's the Battle of Little Bighorn and, and Custer's last stand. Um you know, and uh, again, what were we doing to our own people? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they tell us that the whole concept there was because the Indians are—I mean, they're they're conquered people at this point in time, really. But we wanted to have no restrictions to the access of the gold or the Black Hills. Do you believe that to be true? Yeah. Right. And we'll find out that uh, gold is going to be behind almost everything. Um, a lot of the, uh, the deviousness of, uh, of our species. Um, yeah. So moving right along June the 25th, 1950. Hold on, hold on. Before June 25th, 1950, the most interesting story I heard yesterday out of that whole situation was about a horse, a horse that was in a battle that was wounded severely and they ultimately named this horse um 
war uh something war horse that horse was was found 300 miles from the battle of the little bighorn back at the base in um in north dakota where it started it wandered back mm-hmm. talk about instincts and talk about how you do things that are familiar. This horse in a time of, of being wounded wandered 300 miles back to the army base that it started at. Yeah. And wounded. And wounded. Right. Could have died. But yet in that time of stress, it just, it went back to what it knew was comfortable and how it found its way. You know, we can't explain because today, the animals are different than the people are different, but I just, I think that there's a pretty big moral to that story somewhere. And at some point I'll, I'll probably find it, but that's a fascinating story. JC. I think that horse's name was Comanche actually. Yeah. Right. I think, I think along those lines, we have to, we really do have to pay attention to our animals because they have senses. They that, do. Uh, I think we've lost. And, um, and there are a couple other stories like that, like the, uh, the um uh the tsunami that wiped out about three hundred thousand people there was a there was a a village and the old medicine man was up there and watching the animals and the animals were all starting to go to higher territory so he packed up the entire uh, village and moved to higher territory and that pretty much all but one of the them lived um you know, so I, you I draw those attention. comparisons all the time to my cows because my cows, they are forced to survive in the elements. And so your biggest point, and I think it's the most important, important point we have, the animals haven't lost it. We build houses. We, we use electricity. We do all of these things that isolate us from our natural home instinct, homing instinct survival skills and we've created such an artificial environment that we don't know how to survive on our own anymore well, you're absolutely and right we need I, to watch the now animals we're isolated to the next segment <laughs> roll route jc cole on the clock doing fabulous we'll be back with segment four after this Do you appreciate the modern conveniences of technology? You won't have them without electricity. Coal continues to be the source of electricity that's reliable, that's affordable, and abundant. Coal is abundant and improves the environment. All of the details at Lignite.com. Check out the I Am Lignite videos. They explain it all. Welcome back. Roll route Trent Loose into the final segment. J.C. Cole walking us through the timeline of history. All right, we did our animal instincts and acting like a horse and not just a horse's behind. Uh, you right. were about to tell me January, June 25th, 1950. 1950, North Korea invades South Korea and begins the uh, Korean War. And what many people don't know is that that war is still going on, that it went into a truce. It never ended. Um, and uh, so it could kick off at any time uh, again. Um, and uh, probably July 13th. Yeah, possibly July 13th. 
And uh, the North Koreans apparently are getting quite good with missiles. Um, Yeah. Then June the 26th, 1963, so most of us were here, um, President Kennedy gave his speech in Berlin. Ich bin ein Berliner. Right. And, uh, which was one of the most popular speeches, which he basically said, you know, I am a Berliner. Um, in this battle that is still raging today between what we would call, let's say, different, um, um, uh, capitalism and communism, because, uh, obviously West Virginia, I mean, um, West Berlin, um, and East Berlin were divided. Um, between those two uh, isms, right? The, um, so the Soviet what is that? What did JFK mean when he said he's a Berliner? Meaning a Ber- he's a Berliner. Yeah, he. Well, I understand it that he's he is there in supporting the people of Berlin, um, both the part that was captured and the part that was free. Um, and if you recall. Um, Stalin came in and, uh, and set up the Berlin Wall very quickly and that, uh, tried to starve a good amount of, um, I think even West Berlin, I'm not sure. And the Americans came in when doing airdrops with food for a while. Um, the Berlin airdrop. Uh, so, so the, these are the powers of the world that are playing out right now. Again, um, but it almost looks like the role has reversed, um, where the Russians are defending humanity and who's ever behind NATO is trying to capture it again. Right. And then, of course, today, June the 28th, 1914, um, Archduke Ferdinand of uh, Austria was assassinated along with his wife, which they believe was the beginning of World War One. Shot uh, heard around the world. Yeah, that was a shot heard around the world 109 years ago. And um, and uh, by the way, <laughs> the situation in Bosnia is, is is heating up also. So it could ignite there again between the um, the different uh, groups. So, yeah, it's just looking like the world is a mess. What is it about June and July that causes these significant wars to happen? Well, you know, it's hard to say, but uh, was it uh, June the 24th is the longest day. So it's the most light and the least amount of darkness. And it's also... Was it Midsummer Night Eve, which is considered by some to be a bit paganism uh, or paganistic, where um, the creatures come out and dance? Um, you know, but, uh, we may have uh, other, how would you say, um, oh, well, things that we just don't know about, other dimensions. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think even Einstein came out and said there are 10 dimensions. And uh, of course, if you read any of the great um, religious books, they, they clearly tell you there are dimen- other dimensional beings. Uh, the Christians call them demons. Uh, I think the um, 
the Muslim poem, the sin, um, or the jinn, I'm sorry, the jinn. And so, you know, what are you going to do? Say that the Bible's wrong, these things don't exist, that there aren't demons? I mean, just just look at some of the people in, in our government. Yeah. I would call them, I would call them demonic. Yeah, nobody's uh, going to argue, argue that demons don't exist, I'll tell you that. Right, and then it could be just as simple as there are other dimensions. We can only see in the uh, third dimension, and, and uh, it's limited. Um, and, Speaking uh, of creatures coming out and dancing, uh, I think we might have missed the mark a little bit because we knew there was going to be a new wave of something similar to COVID that would come and attack us. Uh, I'm pretty I'm beginning to believe that it's the attack on our children and confusing them about gender and sexual identity and all of these other things. Because the more time I travel, the more freaks I see out dancing and how I see that they just mentally work every day on that, that next generation of kids. And you could argue that's what COVID was really was about an attack on our young people. That looks like an all-out assault to me, JC. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I think it was just this week there was a, um, a parade, if you want to call it, New York, saying something along those um, 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 something along the lines of "We're coming for your children." Um, I forgot the exact title, but it was like. Uh, we're we're gay, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. I did um, see that. Yeah, and and so so they're telling us right in our face, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. If you, act, if you actually look at it, the, the entire thing that's going on in the world is uh, basically um, uh, a depopulation agenda. Um, uh, the, the 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 World Economic Forum tells us directly. And that one of the ways is to um, uh, um, create sterilization. So when you get a, a kid who is four years old that can make a decision um, to change his sex, they obviously will not reproduce. Right? They they won't have the um, the uh, the capability to reproduce. So you see a full on attack on humanity and. Um, uh, to reduce the population, you know, poisonous food, um, poisonous water, um, um, uh, sterilization, uh, um, you know, uh, shots that are causing this, uh, injections. Um, and now the, the look at what happened with California. They're, I think they passed a law that, uh, if the parent argues with his own child, on what the child wants to, to be is which lock sex them up. lock up the parent and take the child and put it into the care yep. uh, of, of the state I mean this, even at the is, age of three this is clearly demonic it's basically demonic it is and demonic. that means we're looking at other other uh, dimensions Right. And, and that's playing out. Now, I don't know why it's playing out at this time, but it's apparently playing out. And we get back to, you know, uh, Edgar Casey, 14,000 documented, uh, correct predictions. The hope, the hope for humanity rests with the Russians. 
And it's like, well, that's pretty obvious, you know, and now, now it's playing out. And I think uh, next week or the week after, you know, July the uh, 11th to the 13th is going to be a big day right there so in Vilnius. It's playing out, but there's still a lot of people that are confused that don't get it. Majority well, of the people a- still think Russia is the problem. Yes. Well, we're still using the Corda keyboard after 150 years. (laughs) We're not exactly, you know, Lord knows if we're the smartest, (laughs) if we're the smartest species in the universe, the universe is in deep trouble. You know, wake up. How much do you need to be proven that that uh, um, things are changing? And actually, look at look up something called the Dunning-Kruger syndrome. The Dunning-Kruger syndrome basically says, you know, okay, Trent, you're an expert in raising cattle. And as humans, we apply that to, you understand fully international um, uh, uh, war. And you go, this is what many people do. And, and they, they think, oh, I can be a brain surgeon because I know how to raise cattle. You know, well, that's being human. Wake up. You don't understand what's happening in the world. And, and, and uh, they're coming after humanity and so no doubt about it two minutes left and uh we're good for another week (laughs) yeah Yeah. which will only be one week before the 11th you got everybody all excited about july 11th now which is exactly seven days after the seventh right no of course july 11th four four days yeah how about those numbers oh wonderful just just charming yeah yeah, I'm going to go hide under my bed. <laughs> Did you know I had two mules named 7 and 11? Really? Okay. Yeah. Seven's still alive at Hank Vogler's 11 parish. But, yeah, this $10,000 surgery was thanks to a mule named 11. And this 42 stitches in my chin was thanks to a mule named 7. <laughs> so you're walking, you're, you're walking 7-Eleven. <laughs> Right. Yeah, unfortunately, was, many people think that the food supply is always going to be there at Seven Eleven. You know, I it's know. like no, no. As soon as as soon as uh, the supply chain shuts down, it's done. No more burritos at Seven Eleven or Wawa or or the Circle K or whatever it is. Right. Right. I had coffee today, and now it's time that I go do that. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting. Food producers to food consumers. For J.C. Cole, I'm Trent Lewis. Both of us reminding you, all roads do lead to a roll route. And the last thing I want to remind you about today is culture. The culture of agriculture. Just think about it. How many, how many professions, how many careers, how many jobs in life contain the word culture? Uh, they're all tied to resources somehow. And Colorado has been a great resource provider for more than 100 years. And in the early days, the National Western was all about celebrating the culture of providing the resources, the abundance of the resource, and how we can efficiently make life better and improve the resource at the same time. The National Western has been about doing that, and we are going to get back to the roots of the origins of the National Western and celebrating culture and do a better job at bringing the consumers of Colorado to the producers, not only from Colorado, but the entire North American continent. There has always been a tremendous Canadian presence at the National Western. We want to continue that. It's about increasing conversation and truly celebrating what it is that we have. 
We're going to celebrate that way. This year, 2024, January 2024, the National Western, Denver, Colorado. NationalWestern.com.